This is a big day. Right? This is a really big This is a day of, uh, of celebration. And uh, in, in Matthew chapter 28, uh, if you walked in this morning, you probably saw a sign there. Maybe you did. There's a lot of people, I don't know. On the left side of the hallway, it's got Matthew uh, 28, uh, a reference to that chapter verses. I think it's verse 19 that's on the sign, but it says, go. And, and that, that full verse says this, that all authority, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, right before I read it. Uh, he's already been crucified. He's already been resurrected. He's about to ascend uh, to heaven to be with God the Father. And these are, these are Jesus' marching orders given to, to every disciple. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All right, so this is, the, this is the mission for every believer, every disciple to go, uh, to, to make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them. And because that's the mission, the marching order for every disciple, that's the mission and the marching order for every church. Right? And so the reason that today is, is a big day for us as a, as a church, as a gathering of people, is because this is, uh, this is us living out exactly what Jesus told us to do. Right? 2,000 years after Jesus spoke these words, this is us continuing to live out what he told us to do, to, to make disciples, to baptize them, right? And not only that, today is a tangible reminder, like a physical, tangible reminder uh, man, that, that Jesus is still with us. That's what he said in that verse, right? That I will be with you. Today is a reminder that Jesus is still with us, right? just as he promised he would be, that he's still building his church, just as he promised he would. Uh, this is him promising that uh, man, the gates of hell would not prevail against his church, which is exactly what he promised. Today is a visible, tangible reminder of that. Right? Because let's, let's be honest, it's easy to kind of look at what's going on in the world sometimes and be like, oh, I don't, I don't know. And we kind of pull back and get a little discouraged. And, and this, what we're going to do this morning, is a reminder that the mission carries on. Right? That, that come what may, Jesus is still building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All right, so um, today is going to be a day of celebration. It's not going to be a typical Sunday here if you're a regular, because um, I, normally I would preach for about 30, 40-ish minutes. Uh, we're in church, I've got to be honest. And, um, and then we'd sing, and that would kind of be our day, right? And, but we're going to do things a little different today. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to preach, so you don't get off the hook that easy. Okay, but it won't be as long. Right? I'm going to try and keep it brief. I just want to highlight the significance of what we're doing here this morning as briefly as I can, uh, and then we're just going to get to it. All right? So um, with that said, if you have a copy of your Bible, you can grab that, turn to Ephesians 2. Um, if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, the verses will be on the screen, or if you want to follow along, there is a hardback copy somewhere around you in a church, in church, goodness, in a seat in front of you. You may have to ask your neighbor to hand it over to you if you need it. Uh, if you're here and you don't own a Bible, you don't have access to one, uh, we would love to put one in your hands. If you stop by the info desk on the way out this morning, uh, just say, I need a Bible, and we'll give that to you, all right? Uh, by a show of hands, how many of you know what an earworm is? An earworm. 
How many of you are scared to raise your hands because you're like, that sounds like a parasite? Okay? All right. Here's what an, ear, here's what an earworm is. Um, all of you are familiar with it, whether you realize it or not. It's, it's a song or a tune or like a melody that just gets like stuck in your mind and will not go away. Right? You all have them. It may be like a jingle from a commercial. It may be some song you've heard on the radio. Uh, but, but there's these moments where we get these songs just stuck in our head, and it doesn't matter what we do, they will not go away. Usually the only way to get them to go away is to get another earworm stuck in your head, right? And so um, the reason I bring that up is because, um, one, I get those all the time, as my family would attest to you. Like, I'm constantly walking around singing, humming something. Uh, but, but the reason I actually bring it up this morning is because for the last several weeks, uh, probably the last couple of months, honestly, I have had somewhat of an earworm stuck in my head, but it's not a song, right? And I'm not going to sing it for you this morning, okay? Um, because for the last few weeks, several weeks, probably a couple months, I have had one particular Bible verse, like, just ingrained in my mind. And it's just out of, I can, actually, I can tell you exactly where it started, okay? And it doesn't make any sense, so I'll tell you the story anyways. I was putting my daughter to sleep one night, right? Um, which bedtime is my favorite time of the day. If you guys were here last week, you remember that. Uh, but all, this was a pretty good night. Things were going well. Putting my daughter to sleep. And like, listen, we weren't even like doing anything remotely spiritual in the moment. Just putting, helping her fall asleep. And this verse just hits me like out of nowhere. Right? Just, just unprompted, unprovoked, just totally random. Right? And, uh, and like it hasn't gone away since then. Like, even still, it's just ingrained in my mind. And so, uh, and, and just so we're clear, like, I read my Bible almost every morning, okay? And then on top of that, I preach every week. And so, like, I'm, I'm reading, like, a lot of different scriptures. I'm kind of widely reading in the Bible. And this one verse just is, like, ingrained in my mind. It's kind of like uh, some of you guys that watch the same TV station over and over again. Uh, have you ever noticed when you turn off your TV, like, the little news logo is burnt into the, the screen? Right, that's, I don't know if new TVs do that or not, but um, right, yeah, I've seen that in older TVs, but that's what this verse feels like for me. And so I'm be, like, and, and it's not only that it's like stuck in my head, but now I'm beginning to see it places. It's kind of like when you buy a, a, a car, you guys, like you, when, you, when you buy a car, it doesn't have to be a new car, but it's new to you, and you pick it out because you're like, I like this, I like this color, because you don't see a lot of them. And then you drive off the lot, and on the way home, you see like seven of those exact car. You know what I mean? <laughs> So this verse is like, all of a sudden, not only is it stuck in my head, but as it's stuck in my head, I just start seeing it places. Or like literally this week, I love to read, right? I'm a nerd. Started uh, a new book this week. I get maybe three, four pages in. Here's the verse. Bold, italicized, highlighted, underlined, just right there. So I'm beginning to think, all right, there's a word here from the Lord, okay? And either it's for me or... It's for you, and it's just going to come to you through me, or um, it, maybe it's just for this morning, or maybe it's for someday on down the road that we don't really know about yet, all right? Uh, but whatever the reason is, it's definitely uh, a, a word that's applicable to this morning. And so uh, now that I've got you on the edge of your seat ready for it, I'm going to make you wait a few more minutes, because I'm going to give you some context, all right? Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, let, let me start here in verse... Verse 1, 
Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus. He says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You were dead in the trespasses and sins. Dead in your trespasses and sins. Right? That's encouraging. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Okay? Right, now that's... Here's the deal, though. That is where all of us either are or were. Dead in the trespasses of our sins. Right? Apart from the work of Jesus Christ, this is all of our condition. Spiritually dead, hopeless. Right? I, I know today is a, a day of celebration, and we are going to celebrate. Um, but like, I feel compelled this morning to just let you know that if you've never responded to the invitation of salvation, if you've never repented from your sin, if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, then this is your condition this morning, dead, hopeless, in your sin. Right? That's all of our condition, either apart from or before we surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ. All right? But thankfully, that's not where it ends. If you skip down to verse 4, Paul writes, but... God, right? Two words that change everything. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. It's by grace that you have been saved. Right? This is the good news of the gospel, that when we were at our Worst, right? dead, spiritually dead in our, in our trespasses and sins, hopeless, right? unable to revive ourselves, right? Dead people can't revive themselves. Even when we were in our worst, right? God moves towards us. Right? And he, he graciously gave his son Jesus, who went to the cross, back up, who lived a perfect life, who went to the cross to die on the cross to pay the full penalty for, for your sin so that by faith, through trusting in him, you might receive the gift of salvation. Right? And you jump down to verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So how do we receive this payment for sin that Jesus offers? Right? It's, it's a gift from God. We, we receive it. That's what a gift is. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. You don't achieve it. You don't accomplish it on your own. A gift is received. And this is, what, this is what God has done for us in sending Jesus. He's offered us this gift of salvation so that, like he says, you're saved by grace through faith. So that through faith, through believing, through trusting in Jesus, his perfect life, his substitutionary death, and his resurrection, through trusting and believing in that, you can receive the gift of salvation. Right? And listen, the reason I say all that is because that's what all these that are being baptized this morning, right? this, is what they are, uh, this is what they are testifying to you. Right? This is what they are testifying to you, that they believe this, that they believe that they are sinful and in need of a Savior, and they believe that Jesus Christ was the only sufficient payment for their sin, and they're trusting in him, they're believing on his name 
to receive that gift of salvation. Right? This baptism doesn't save. Right? We're saved, like we just read it, right? By grace through faith. But baptism is a symbol that, that I have received. I believe this to be true. And that's what all these that are being baptized this morning are testifying to you. Right? This is a, what we're doing here this morning is a sort of a public expression of a, of a personal decision to believe, trust, and follow Jesus. Right? That's what this morning is. But I would submit to you it means something even more than that. It doesn't mean less than that, but it means more than that. Which brings us to the verse that is permanently ingrained in my mind. Okay? Skip all the way down to verse 19. It says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I know what you're thinking. You're like, really? That's the verse you've had stuck in your head? Yeah, it is. I, I told you, I don't know why. It just came to me putting my daughter to sleep. I can't explain it, but it's just there and it's not going away. Right? So you get to hear about it this morning, okay? Because what I think it is, is this is a, such a, a powerful, beautiful description of what it means to exist and, and live the Christian life. Right? So... Let me explain it a little bit. We didn't read all of Ephesians chapter 2 for the sake of time, but if we were to go back and read it in context, here's what's going on. You've got Paul talking to the church in Ephesus, and the church in Ephesus was made up of people from uh, different backgrounds. Right? They, they did not see eye to eye on a lot of things. In fact, uh, they actually would have been fairly confrontational with one another. Right? They were not on the same page. But what Paul's saying here is that despite everything that's different about them, and there were differences, different experiences, different, different backgrounds, right, different cultures, despite what was different about them, the most important thing about them was what they had in common. Right? That they'd surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And because of that, their identity was no longer primarily Gentile or no longer primarily Jewish. Right? Their identity was first and foremost, before anything else, before their background, before their experiences, before their nationalities, before their ethnicities, before their socioeconomic classes, before anything else, their first, most central, most foundational identity was that they were fellow citizens of God's kingdom, and members of the household of God, fellow citizens and family, despite their differences. So what does it have to do with this morning? Right, it's a great question. It's very perceptive. I'm glad you were thinking that because that's where I'm going next. What we're celebrating this morning is the announcement of this reality. What we're celebrating, it's the public announcement of a, of a new identity. Right, so that those who are being baptized this morning, their identity is, they're, they're testifying to you, before you, the church, they're testifying that their identity is no longer, uh, their ultimate identity, most foundational to their identity, is nothing, anything, it's not anything else except that they are citizens of the kingdom 
of God and members of God's family, God's children. Right? This is their new fundamental foundational identity. It doesn't mean we ignore things that might be different about us anymore, but what's most true about us is that we are citizens of the kingdom of God, members of the household of God. So so think of what we're doing this morning as sort of a, uh, like a citizenship ceremony. Anybody ever been to one of those, by the way? Like a U.S. citizenship ceremony, a few of us? I've never been to one, never had the privilege of going to one. But generally speaking, what's happening in one of those ceremonies is you've got uh, individuals committing themselves to be good citizens of of this earthly kingdom. And then you have this earthly kingdom or country affirming their commitment and acknowledging them uh, as as fellow citizens and, and, and all the rights that come with that. And so this is really really what we're doing this morning, just on a far uh, grander, far more eternal scale. Right? What, what's happening this morning is um, and the, the citizenship that we're celebrating and acknowledging this morning, it transcends earthly kingdoms. Right? It, it transcends earthly kingdoms. Right? Because what we're doing this morning is saying that, that these that are being baptized, we recognize, we affirm them as citizens of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom that, that come what may in these earthly kingdoms, this kingdom will never be shaken. Right? This identity will, will never be shaken. Right? That's, what we're, that's what we're doing this morning. So, so they're coming to testify to you that we, we are citizens of this kingdom. And what we're doing as a church is we're affirming this. We are, this is what the church is. The church is like an embassy of a future kingdom. So the church of Jesus Christ is. We represent, imperfectly, but we represent a future kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And what we're doing as a church, not only are they coming to testify to you that this is what they believe, but we're affirming this. And we're also saying like, hey, you are part of us. You belong to us. We're going to help you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to disciple you. We're going to train you. We're going to equip you. We're going to love you. We're going to serve you because you are a part of this kingdom. You are fellow citizens in the kingdom of God. You are family. That's what we're doing this morning, right? And this is worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. So that's what we're going to do. I, I told you I'd be quick. I think that's the shortest sermon I've ever preached. All right? So here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. Um, I'm going to pray specifically for those that are being baptized because this is, listen, this is not the end of a journey. Right? This is the beginning. And so here, what, what the enemy loves to do is once you, once you like, claim allegiance to a heavenly kingdom, and that's where the enemy really digs in. Right? And so I want to pray this morning specifically for uh, these that are coming to present themselves for baptism, uh, then after I pray, I mean, we're going we're gonna to jump right in and get to it. All right? So um, let me pray for us, and then we'll continue. Father, we come to you this morning. Uh, Lord, grateful that we can call you Father, that through um, the grace that you have shown to us through the the perfect life, the sacrificial death, 
the resurrection of Jesus, that uh, by believing and trusting in that, that we, we are no longer strangers and aliens, but we are fellow citizens with the saints, and that we are members of your household, members of your family. We are your children. And so we come to you this morning as your children, uh, like children, making a request to a father. Uh, we wanna, I want to pray specifically for uh, these new brothers and sisters that we're celebrating this morning. Uh, one, thank you for the opportunity to celebrate with them. Uh, it, it's, that in and of itself is a gift that we get to be here together in this room, in this place, uh, to acknowledge this significant moment in their lives, uh, to celebrate their obedience. Um, so, Father, thank you for that. Thank you for this visible, tangible reminder that you are with us, uh, that you are still building your church, and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, and then, Father, I just want to pray uh, a special prayer over these that are presenting themselves for baptism this morning. Um, Father, this is... This is significant step, and, and with any significant step of obedience to you, I, I think um, the enemy would just, he just ramps up his efforts to discourage and, uh, and to, to lead us astray, and so Lord, I, I pray just your protection over these young men, uh, young women that we are baptizing this morning. I pray that you would, uh, Lord, strengthen them by your spirit. I pray that you would help us as a church, as a community, uh, whether it's, it's this church, Valley Creek Baptist Church, whether it's uh, our, our sort of biological families you've, you've surrounded these young men and young women with. I, I pray that you would surround them with, would help us to surround them as your people, to, uh, to guide them and, and direct them and uh, speak truth into their lives and to equip and encourage, and, and Lord, however we can Help them in their journey, Lord. Help us to know how to do that. May, may that be our commitment to them this morning. In a way, Lord, it's not just them making, making a commitment to you. It's us as a people, as a church, as fellow citizens and family members. It's us making a commitment to them. And so I pray that you would help us to follow through on that this morning, Lord. Pray you bless our time this morning, that it would be a time of celebration. Um, Lord, that we would celebrate accordingly as we should. We thank you. We praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.